Uh, last week, uh, we kind of did the introduction um, for what I'm calling uh, uh, Four Things to Know. And uh, so we had read uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and uh, verses 17 through 21. Uh, but uh, we know that if any man, according to this passage, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we had uh, spent some time in that particular passage. Uh, the Amplified um, actually says, we as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and become reconciled to God. And uh, so we know that um, God has given each one of us, if you are in Christ, everybody say in Christ. That is an amazing word, by the way, and we um, here at Word of Life Christian Center have embraced that terminology. It seems to be uh, the, the key uh, to Paul's revelation, the, the term in Christ, that when you find out what that means, you will find yourself uh, and, and where you are to operate from and the high place that he has given you at the right hand of the Father. Uh, but here in this particular passage, um, he says, in him or in Christ, uh, this position you have received a, a ministry, uh, which is the message of reconciliation that you have, each and every one of us who are in Christ, have this uh, mandate to bring this message to those who are away from God. Okay, and this is not exclusive uh, to those who are unsaved. This would include those brothers and sisters that have gotten away, that we have, we have a message for them as well. Uh, we are to help. We are to bring uh, them back to God. Amen? And uh, even though they may be born again, uh, a child of God, they have um, uh, relationally, they are his child, but their fellowship has been severed because of the way they have decided to live. So we have uh, the obligation to bring this message of bringing people back to God, whether unsaved or saved, and we have that on our shoulders. We can't just bypass people and just let them go on their way and say, be warmed and be filled, and that could mean go to hell. Do you understand? Uh, you know, we shouldn't speak that way, right? But in church, you can. You can talk about hell like that because it's a real place. It's like, go to Henderson. I mean, I'm not calling Henderson hell. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How about Barstow? That's real close. <laughs> just this side of hell, you know? But anyhow, so, so I lived there for a year, in case you're wondering. But anyhow, so, so, so we have this um, mandate, uh, and we are obligated to all human beings uh, to bring them to God, that you would everywhere you go, wherever you find yourself, that you'd be conscious of this responsibility uh, to bring the message. 
And you say, well, Pastor Andy, I'm, I'm real shy. I'm, we could make all kinds of excuses, but none will be true. Do you understand? Not true for you if you're a child of God. If you are in Christ, you have a message. You carry that thing around. Wouldn't you be irritated if you were expecting a check in the mail and the mailman passed by your box saying, you know, well, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. You'd be like, dude, drop the mail. You have been entrusted with the responsibility of something of value. Drop the mail. Well, I just feel like God would talk to us about that in the same way. You've been entrusted with the most valuable resource. Drop the mail. Drop the mail. And so we, we look in the word over and over, and it seems that our most important task is to get this message to people. In whatever your sphere of influence is. You say, well, I don't have a very big sphere of influence. <laughs> but you're on Facebook. Instagram. Tweeter. <laughs> I dumped Twitter. I wanted to be on Twitter. Because I like ministers and stuff. I follow, I follow, I follow the ministers and people. I want to hear encouraging words, you know. And uh, um, after a while, I mean, have all these people I follow, they're not the ones that pop up. It would be uh, promiscuous women that would pop up on Twitter. Time and time again. I'm like, is it broken? Is Twitter broken? Am I doing something wrong? Because I know I didn't follow baby girl here. And you block, they come up with a different name and same face. You're like, oh my goodness. This reminds me of the strange woman in Proverbs. That she makes her bed and she comes out to the corner. She comes out to get in the way where people pass by. Today that is Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's the new corner. And people are, are uh, petitioning those ladies, you know, because they are in your neighborhoods. And they're petitioning them to come and hang out. And, and I've talked with the guys at the gym. They're like, oh, man, I got on Facebook. I'm like going, oh, my goodness. Wow. So Twitter was doing that. I was like, I'm, it's not that important to me. Off you go. Now, I don't know if Mr. Musk is going to fix that, fix that, you know. What is his name? Elon? Elon Musk? Yeah. I hope he does something. Because that's just a hot mess. It's a sewer. Okay, back to the word. Now, if, you, if that doesn't bother you guys, and you can, if you can hang out there and minister and stay locked in, God bless you. Then you do that. I just don't need that. Not in my life. Praise the Lord. I had a friend, he would go out um, to uh, California. No, he lived in California, and he would go out there and preach the gospel on those beaches in California. I went out there with my family, and I'm like going, oh my goodness, this is a porn show. They shop at a dental floss store for their clothing. Band-aids and dental floss. 
I was asking my brother, I said, dude, I'm like, how in the world can you preach the gospel out here? He said, don't bother me a bit. I'm like, well, you must have a grace on your life. Because, uh, you know, most men, you get out in that atmosphere and you're like, do you know what I They don't even think, they're not thinking about Jesus. They don't even know what they're talking about. My name is Jesus. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, nice to meet you. But I, I do understand that there are some people that have a grace, okay? But you better know you have it. And we've had people in our church that were managers in, in, in hotels downtown. And, and uh, I would sometimes go down there for one reason or another to either eat or a, an event or that kind of thing. And I would ask them, how do you work in this atmosphere? These people don't have any clothes on. And he, he, said, it's, he said, I don't even think about it. Then he re- retired from that. And he came back to that, and he realized the grace was gone. He realized, oh, this is what he was talking about. You have a grace for it, but you better know you have a grace for it. Don't be playing us. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just talking to somebody in this room right now. If you don't have a grace, don't stand around that mess. Don't entertain that mess. And if it's social media, then you better get, out, get off of it. If it's a problem, then shut it down, baby. Shut it down. All right, back to the message. So we had quoted, and we're going to jump into the, the, the actual points um, after this. In Ephesians 2.10, uh, we read, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, there that is again, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Glory to God. So there's something that's been pre-arranged. If the first thing that was pre-arranged was for you to be the light of the world, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus is far-reaching because it's not... Um, Uh, salvation, of course, and and redemption from the punishment of our sin and hell, that has got to be the pinnacle, of course, but it isn't the end, it is the beginning, and from there you offer healing, you offer prosperity and blessing, well-being, restoration of their families. We have something that we carry around with us and hope for uh, the future when darkness has come into people's lives. We come in and bam, we blow that up and bring life, light, liberty, and freedom. We cannot allow the enemy to continue to dominate the people around us. We are to do something about that darkness. And God is here. He's in this place. He's giving you hope for the ability to be bold enough to say, ma'am, sir, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know what God has done for you? We are not afraid of their faces. We are not afraid of rejection. I will not stop because they say they don't want it. And you'll say, oh, kind sir or ma'am. Yes, I want to tell you. I want to plead with you because the option is horrible. 
People say, I don't believe in that. I immediately will say sometimes, the option is horrible. Because without Christ, they will bust hell wide open and spend eternity in that horrible place. If you believe the gospel, you can't be silent. If you have any compassion or love for for anyone, that you will open your mouth, you will not be silent. You will not be afraid if you care about people. If you saw a, a child running towards a cliff full speed, would you go, wow, that's the bummer? No, you would probably do your best, no matter how old you are. You would take off running towards that child, wouldn't you? Towards traffic, you see a child running towards traffic, got away from the mom, the mom is too far, and you're in the view, you could get them. Would you go, man, that's going to not be good, that's not going to turn out well. But that's what we do, we live our lives and pass by people every day. Not even a thought. We have gone consumed with ourselves. We've become consumed with business and making ends meet. And, and we shared the scripture about food and clothing. And, and we, we busy ourselves with, with our careers and all these details. And these are not evil, but it is evil for us to stand by and watch people go to hell without any information towards them at all. Praise the Lord. I ran into uh, a youth this uh, past week, and, and uh, it was at the gym. And uh, he's all blowed up. I think he's juicing or whatever. It seems like half the gym is. But uh, he's, he's all like, you know, hey, Pastor Andy. And I'm like, dude, wow, you're getting kind of swole there. Nice. Who's your doctor? <laughs> but uh, he's, he's got a girl with him. He's hesitant, and it's, he didn't want to introduce me. I was like, is this your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, it's my girlfriend. I was like, do you know Jesus, honey? No, but can you teach me? I said, sure, I can. Start to talk to her, find out she's a backslidden Christian. And so then she asked, who's that? Oh, that's a pastor. I used to go to church there. You know, she goes, you didn't tell me you go to church. It didn't come up. And we don't want to speculate why. You don't want to, uh, you know, God wrecking your program. But you know, Pastor Andy, I'm going to talk to him. He said, Pastor Andy, well, you're going to cause trouble. I hope so. Trouble for the devil. Trouble for them being comfortable in whatever it is they're in. Praise the Lord. I've broke up lots of relationships at the gym. Girl, if he won't marry you, you tell him to hit the road. Hit the road. Well, I want him to marry. Why, why won't he marry? Now I'm in, in her face with him. I'm like, why won't you marry her? The kids already think he's daddy. This is evil. Evil. Destructive. And I'm the light of the world. I've come to help. They break it off. Do you understand? This isn't just one thing. This is the whole thing. This is all of it. 
I am walking around to be an influence and to affect dark things and bring light into those things. Do you think if you let that go, it's going to be better for those children, better for that, those two people? Absolutely not. Oh, Lord Jesus, I can feel you thinking right now. Praise God. Because you're like, I can't even imagine myself doing something like that. Well, I'm trying to get you to imagine it. We don't do it mean. We don't do it divisive. We don't do it to make them feel dirty or wrong or evil. But we're offering them the best. Marry the girl. Marry the dude. Sometimes it's the girl. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. So the gym is my mission field. It's kind of the place where I get to be a light because I, I do that uh, four days a week in the mornings. And uh, get, I would always, you know, it used to be I'd be afraid when my team wouldn't be with me because I knew that God had me to talk to somebody. And uh, as of late, that's been a lot. And, uh, but I go, you know, wherever I am, wherever I shop, wherever I be, those people are going to hear, experience Jesus. And oftentimes, it's not the end. I know that we smile and are nice. That is, that's great, and we should. We should love every person and make every person's day better, but it's only the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Do you understand? And so until we bring that up, even just saying, and it's good, do you have a church home? Hey, I'd like to invite you to my church. That's good, but the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And uh, if they're saved, that's one thing. Hey, look at me. Nine times out of ten, they were thinking about church and going back to church. They just moved to town. Uh, That is what comes up. I say, hey, you should come. We're over here. Praise the Lord. And then pray for them because the devil will try and stop them. Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus and loose your angels to encamp about them so they can find their way to church. Even if it's not ours, we want them to get in church. Amen? Hallelujah. You are the light of the world. You are making a difference. Praise the Lord. And this didn't go well for John the Baptist, did it? When he confronted Herod about having his brother's wife, she hated him, despised him, and cut off his head. Woo-wee. Boy, does that brother have a glorious mansion in heaven martyrdom. I'm not looking to have my head cut off, but I tell you what, (laughs) I'm not going to let this stop me from telling the truth. Telling the truth. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Oops. All right. We really went out there on that one. We know (laughs) four things to know. Four things to know. I have 18 minutes. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we, knew, we know where to go, isn't that right? Mark 16, 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That pretty much sums up the entire planet and every living being on it that we have 
an obligation to get to those people. And those people begin even right here in this room, but for sure outside the doors of the church, right? That the, that the world begins there and we have an obligation. We have a responsibility to them to reach them, love them, help them, and actually literally command them in the name of Jesus to come and be reconciled to God, begging them, pleading with them and believing God to restore them. In the New Living Translation, it says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Sometimes we think creature means get a deer saved. Praise God. No, we're to eat them. Number two, we know what to do. Isn't that right? Uh, Know what you're talking about. 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's so funny, uh, but the word study doesn't mean uh, study, as you would think. In this particular uh, passage, the word study it means actually make sure that. Make sure that, Okay. Uh, so, but then the rest of the verse actually would imply that you are studying, that you are in the word, that you know what you're talking about. Uh, so, so uh, you thinking that you don't know enough is not an excuse not to tell people about Jesus. You sitting and thinking, I just don't know enough. What if they ask me a question? What if they ask you a question? If you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know. But you know enough. If you know Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, if they believe in him, they will not perish. They will have everlasting life. Everyone should know that. If you don't, you do now. Now you have a responsibility. Right? That is enough. You don't have to know why uh, John ate grasshoppers or whether he ate grasshoppers or roots. Or what, you know what I'm saying? People get caught up in pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, mid-tribulation. Listen, we are leaving here. That's all we know. And what we need to do is this. If there was any mandate that is, is greater than it has ever been, it is what I am talking about now. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That has not changed your responsibility, your job. What you are to be about is not worrying, running around in a circle saying the sky is falling. It is, is to tell the world about Jesus. They need him more than ever before. There is more pressure. There is more fear. There is more than there's ever been in the earth. There is suicide. There is death. There is disease. There are famines. There is everything that Jesus said. When you see these things coming, he said, look up and rejoice, not run around in a circle and kill each other. He's saying, preach, proclaim like never before when you see this happening, because it's that generation that shall see my coming. You, I believe, are that generation. And if there was anything we should be doing, it's this. Like never before, that you purpose every day you wake up. Lord, give me souls. Lord, I believe for divine appointments, divine connections. Someone I could tell of your love to. Someone I could talk to. Somebody I could get a hold of and bring your life to and help to. Y'all with me? This is all of us. This is not just, you know, the people who write the book. I'm telling you, this is not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Paul, and Timothy, and, and, and Peter. It's, it's all of them. And us. Because we are the body of Christ. And we are the light of the world. And so, so we, we see in Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. 
It says, withdraw praying also for us that God would open unto us a door, excuse me, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. We should know what we're talking about. And after a while, you know, if you are a fisherman, anybody here a fish, fish before? Anybody fish with a pole? And a, yeah? Cool, cool. And so uh, if you know anything about fishing, you would know that you don't use the same stuff for every fish. Uh, a, a catfish, you just find something really stinky and nasty and stick it on a hook. Throw it out there, and that catfish will eat it. Isn't that right? Uh, but uh, trout are a little different. They're smarter. You have to be quiet. You got to sneak up to the, the creek, the lake, whatever it is. You got to be quiet. And, and, then, and then you got to know exactly how fast to pull the lure or how, how where it needs to float or whatever. You know, all these details about that, that thing. And, and striper are a little different. And, and they have ba- all these different kinds of bass, large mouth, small mouth. You got all this. And all these different ways. So we are supposed to know how to answer all people. Isn't that right? And we need to know a little bit about what we're doing. And it's a development, but if you don't ever begin, you won't ever do it. Well, Pastor Andy, how did you get so good at it? Because I've done it since I received Jesus Christ. I hit the ground running, telling people about Jesus. And as, as you grow in it, you learn from every experience. You learn about people's lives. And sometimes from, I always take note when, I, oh, I've never heard that before. You know, sometimes you hear something you never heard before. It's all learning and growing. He who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. I would like to be on the wise list of winning souls. Y'all with me? We don't run around, we don't just run around offending people. I know that people take offense because you bring up the, the gospel and it's convicting, especially to the backslidden. I had a girl back in the day, I was in, in the Air Force in, in a F-16 unit, a training unit, and, and uh, I was kind of new to the unit, fairly new, and here was this uh, young lady, and, and uh, we were both young at the time. Anyway, I'm, I was telling her how much God loves her and how he cares about her life and wants to bless her, and she said, why are you condemning me? She screamed this in the unit. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I do a backlog. What did I say? He loves you, cares about you, wants to help you. Which part of that was condemning? I didn't know she was a backslidden Christian. All she could hear was condemnation, condemnation, condemnation for the lifestyle that she was living. Well, I didn't know that. I was just innocent in the matter. <laughs> but it's just another learning. Like, oh my goodness. People that are fighting God's voice, fighting his conviction. When you share the love of God with them, they hear condemnation. Oh, my goodness. Then, of course, I began to quickly explain. I'm like, which part of what I said was condemning? And she couldn't answer. And she ran off. But you know what? I don't doubt that God said everything I said right through me to her. He was just wanting to love her and bring her home, bring her back in. He's saying, I'm not condemning you. I love and care for you. Praise the Lord. And that's how we roll. We're not afraid of of rejection. 
I've had people cuss me out. Praise the Lord. The disciples rejoiced that they were persecuted. Right. <laughs> for righteousness sake, amen. I mean, we've been persecuted for the wrong stuff, right? When we're not acting right. You know, why not just be right and do right? And, and then if you get persecuted for that, you get points somehow. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Might as well get points if you're going to be persecuted, right? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so we, are, we are to have an answer for every man. And I've, I've made it a point to, to learn about different people and their belief systems. And, and you do your best. I mean, when, how many of you, um, when you witness to somebody or anybody has ever uh, tried to tell somebody about Jesus, and they say, well, well I'm a Mormon. And, you're, and I used to be, I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, walk off. Because I was like, oh, no, what do you do with a Mormon? It's like, I don't even know how to catch that fish. So I began to study Mormonism, and, and I actually studied Mormonism in so much that I knew more about Mormonism than 99% of the Mormons. And I would, I would begin to share with them and say, um, you know, well, you know, there's a difference, you know, because they have been told they're Christian just like we are. And, uh, and I would say, well, not not actually the Book of Mormon. And I began to tell them, this is what you believe. I've had a Mormon tell me, that's not what I believe. And I said, well, ask your bishop if that's what you believe. And they would come back, that's what I believe. I said, you're kidding me. You know, whether it was uh, Jesus came from the planet Kolob and was a brother of Satan, you know, these are actual beliefs in Mormon, Mormonism. And, and they would begin to uh, say, well, that's what they just changed their belief in a matter of moments because the bishop told them that's what we believe. And so I'm like, okay. Then now you've placed uh, something that's in conflict with the Bible, and they say they believe the Bible, but you're in conflict with the Bible because this is what the Bible says of Jesus. And, that, and the main thing, of course, and I've mentioned it before, is that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh, and this is where um, Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons uh, conflict with mainline Christianity, the primary, and there's many others. And so when you don't believe Jesus was Elohim, that you don't believe he was Emmanuel, which means God with us, then now we have a problem. You have departed from the very essence and center of redemption, and you have none if he's not. And so we, we proclaim this, but for the most part, um, you know, when you're out witnessing and sharing the gospel, I kind of... Think of them as fish. You have little guppies. You can scoop in a little net. You have sharks that fight you and bite you. You know, you're like, what? You know, but it's all part of the program. He said, I will make you fishers of men. Praise the Lord. You may not like fishing for fish, but you have no other choice to obey the commission or disobey the commission. We call it the Great Commission. It's a great commandment, go into all the world. He didn't say if it's your personality. He didn't say if you feel like it. He didn't say if it's convenient. He said go into all the world. We leave our homes in the morning with the intention of doing that, obeying that. When I get up in the morning, I am obeying the commission. I work here every day. But I also go to the gym four days. I get groceries sometimes once a week. I have a, a wonderful opportunity to do that. In the church, you know, they'll come to us sometimes. People that do community service will come around. Uh, I'm going to ask them, do you know Jesus? Do you know the Lord? Because obviously their life is um, somehow skewed in some way uh, that they've gotten in trouble and they need to do community service. It's a great place for them to come is to us. Hallelujah. 
pray for them, believe God with them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. You stole a car. Oh, praise the Lord. God loves you. He said, let him who steals, steal no more. Right? Amen. You got no problem. Obviously, he's, he's um, hiring on people that steal. Or formally stole. At least that's what, you know, it should be formally. Right? And he brings everybody in. In fact, Jesus made the point. He said, he said the prostitutes are getting in before you guys. Talking about the church. Why? Because the church was relying on their laws and their systems... And these people are coming before God broken, messed up, and admitting, I'm so messed up. And he said, they're running up ahead of you because you're stuck in the law. You're stuck in the rules. Jesus heals a man, and he says, pick up your mat and walk. And those religious freaks, they're so crazy with their laws and and principles and statutes that they ask the man, who told you to carry your mat? Not, oh my goodness, you're healed. This is what the church does. That was the church of that day. We don't want to become that dead church. We want to go where the life of God and the power of God is flowing and manifesting. And we want to be all about that. That this whole section where you're sitting are the people that you've brought to church and ministered to and loved and gave yourself for. And this section over here has another group. All these people that you've ministered to and brought to church and invited, picked them up. Every empty seat in your car is a mission field. You can fill that seat and bring somebody to church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, what is that, point two? All right. No, no, that's point three. So we have, we uh, know where to go, and we know what to do, and we know what we're talking about. Number four, lastly, number four, I've got three minutes. We are to know whom we are talking to. And so that is, of course, knowing your fish. So somewhat I covered it. In Mark 1.17, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Come after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. The New Living says, Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. New International, I will send you out to fish for people. Everybody say, I'm a fisher person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there might be some fish you're better at catching than others. I went fishing with uh, uh, Warren just a couple weeks ago. And uh, so, so we got up at some ungodly hour. God just, I don't even know if God's awake during that time. But no, anyway, no. he doesn't sleep. But anyhow, so, so, so I go out with him. We hit the lake and we're out there. And, and he's pulling his little, you know, his giggly bug or whatever he's pulling on, you know. And he's got it all down because he does it a lot. And so he's, he's over there. He knows how uh, to pop it and spin it and make it look like it's convulsing or something. I don't know. And the fish go, ooh. That's the one I want. And they go and, and they get on his hook. Me, I'm trying to imitate. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but he's developed the skill of catching largemouth, smallmouth bass and striper. And he, he's bringing in these fish and he's taking pictures. And, and so then he's feeling really bad. I was just glad to get out on the lake. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was the change time of our weather, you know. 
perfect glass when we came back and uh, feeling bad. And, and I said, look, you know, I'm just thankful that I got to be out here today. You know, I was glad. You know, of course, you prefer to catch some fish, you know. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I, I thought about the DuPont spinner. Does anybody know about the DuPont spinner? Uh, that's dynamite. That catches fish every single time you throw it out there. You know, just throw it out there. Boom. And all the fish float to the top. Maybe you don't understand. But anyhow, as you use a net. No, it's illegal. You can't do that. But anyhow, uh, so, so uh, then, then that day, that same day, my family comes over. We're all together. And my sweet, precious wife, she says, oh, sweetheart, did you catch any fish this morning? And I said, why do you got to bring up the past? <laughs> She's so sweet. She didn't mean that. Anyhow, <laughs> it was funny. So we... <laughs> can develop the ability, though, uh, to become good at catching fish wherever they may lie, that you find out about their environment, you find out what they're looking for, you find out the different conditions uh, that actually will manifest that you would be able to catch them, whether on bait or whether on a a lure, which is is called crankbait, um, or something that floats, something that sits on the bottom, something that, you know, what depth are the fish. We find all all these things about people and humans, and you start getting better at it and better at it, and now, now there's hardly a fish you can't catch catch because you know what you're doing because you are wise and he who wins souls is wise amen glory to god hallelujah in first uh, corinthians uh, chapter 9 and it says even though i am a excuse me verse 19 this is the new living translation first corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 in the new living translation even though i am a free man with no master i have become a slave to all people to bring many to christ When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am the... With those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this is the Apostle Paul. His mindset for all of us and what we all should be doing is becoming all things to all people that I might win some. And uh, for me, that's wherever I am. And whatever section of the plane I sit in, I try to become whatever that section needs. Uh, I sat with two Hispanic girls on the way back from Reading, um, and, and they were young, and I began to share the gospel with them and prayed with them to receive Christ before it was all over. And uh, um, just everywhere you go. I've sat in the first class. There's a rough group, first class. I, don't, I always feel like I don't belong here. <laughs> You know, the first time I sat in first class, I saw all this stuff they had, you know. They have all these things in there for the people at first class. These little booties, you can take your shoes off, put these little booties on, you know. And, and, uh, and the sleeping things, you know, that you put on your eyes. So I was just over there laughing, thinking, oh, right, you know. So I'm sitting there with booties and the things on just for fun, you know. This is awesome. <laughs> you can tell the people are like, what's, what's his problem? So I asked, you know, can I have some more soup? You know, I like to eat, so they gave me some soup. It was, it was the bomb. I'm like, 
can I have some more soup? They're like, sure, you can have more soup. So three bowls of soup, three entrees. I'm killing it. <laughs> like people sitting next to me, are you going to eat that? You know? So, so obviously I'm working at trying to become all things, but it's, it's not working too good in first class. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but sharing the gospel up there, oftentimes uh, people that have great means, they don't think they need God. And uh, so, so I'm going to, to try and challenge that mindset and uh, so that they would know that there is really no option and no amount of money that can fix their greatest problem. Amen? So we become all things to all people that we may win some. And we always work at not bringing, building a wall between us and that person, uh, but trying to come to them and show interest in them. And then they open up to you as a result that you care about me. And they want you, it should be in your eyes that you love them. Does that make sense? No matter how they are, what they look like, that they see this person really does have something inside of them that's different than other people. I see that. And you share the goodness of God and the love of God. And they may not necessarily right then pray, but they have a seed sown in them. And, and uh, don't, don't not ask them if they want to pray because that really is sealing the deal. And so that's what we want to do is pray with them to receive Christ. And it's easy. And they can call Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior that easy. And they're boom, bam. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for me. He was buried and he rose again. I call Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Boom. You've rescued somebody from hell and changed their eternal destiny because you were doing what Paul said and reaching the world with the gospel.